Changing healthcare starts with a dream. Better care, smarter care, and healthier people. Listen weekly as Dr. Gregory Goodman interviews today's most innovative MDs as they transform healthcare and share their journey from white coat to business suit, highlighting lessons learned and golden prescriptions for your success. Join us today and get your doctor-recommended dose of MD Innovation. So welcome to The Modern MD. I'm really excited this morning. We've got Joshua Liu, the CEO and founder of Seamless MD, a patient engagement platform for surgical episodes. He's the founder of Smarts, a youth science network, and Med Hopeful, one of Canada's top popular blogs for students. He co-leads a hospital readmission research project at the University Health Network and sits on the UHN Physician Advisory Board for Primary Care Follow-Up after hospitalization. He was named Forbes 30 Under 30. Josh, welcome to the show. So excited to have you on the Modern MD. Hi, Greg. Uh, pleasure to meet you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So we'll start off. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about you personally and your journey as a physician entrepreneur. Yeah, most definitely. So I'm based out of uh, Toronto, Canada. I grew up very interested in medicine. You know, I, I remember watching you know, the Learning Channel on TV growing up and, and surgery and just got, I just really liked the idea that, you know, you could combine science with some really cool ways to actually be impactful positively on people's lives. So I grew up, you know, wanting to be a physician so I could, you know, help and heal people. I carried that, you know, interest with me through, through high school, um, into university. And then, I, you know, I landed my way in medical school. And I think you're going to go and talk about kind of my, my history, my entrepreneurial kind of mindset later on. But, you know, I got to med school and, you know, I was always very interested in entrepreneurship, but I never really knew when that would really come into play in my career. So I kind of figured I'd become a physician, do that first. But, you know, midway through my medical training, I kind of realized that I hadn't fallen in love with a particular, you know, system in the body or a certain specialty. Halfway through med school, I felt kind of lost in trying to find my way. But one of the things that I really believe in is the idea that if you follow your curiosity, you're going to find experiences that fit at some point. And so at the advice of a mentor of mine, I ended up spending my summer at the University Health Network, which is probably the largest research hospital in Canada. I ended up doing some research there on uh, hospital readmissions and transitions of care. You know, and that was kind of a, a new topic to me because, you know, most of med school was spent learning about pathology and disease and treatment and management, but not about kind of system level issues and, and, and quality improvement and, and things going on at a broader level, but very fascinated by that topic. And at the time, a few years ago, there was this emergence of mobile technology like smartphones and tablets in the consumer market. And I got very interested in how technology and software could be used uh, to better care and engage, uh, care for and engage patients when they're not in the clinical setting, help them stay healthy at home and out of the clinical setting. And then, you know, along the way, I ended up starting this venture called Seamless MD. Finished med school, got my degree, got into residency, but actually never started it because we ended up doing this venture full time. And here I am today, you know, a little more than two years later, loving it, learning a lot. Just excited to be on the trajectory that I never expected before. Wow, what an incredible story, Josh. It sounds like you followed your curiosity, and I think you're doing some really important and exciting work in the surgical space and, and thinking about you know, the health systems at large. So the way we like to start the show off is I really like to inspire the audience. And do you have a success quote that you live by or something that's meaningful to you? Yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of some of the, the popular venture capitalists in Silicon Valley, just, you know, the way they've gone through the whole entrepreneurship life cycle 
and are helping to, to guide companies. And you know, one particular that I like reading about Ben Horowitz from the firm, Andreessen Horowitz, and he has this great post about the struggles of being an entrepreneur. And there's a great part in there where he talks about how basically his company was going to the crapper and they're you know, six months away from, from being bankrupt. You know, what would you do in that situation? And they end up going public um, at the worst time in, in history for going public in 2001 for a tech company. And basically the, the line that he wrote, it doesn't matter how hard it is, there was always a move. And so for me, going through medicine and entrepreneurship, there are tons of roller coasters. There are a ton of hard times and hard decisions to make, but always kind of remembering that no matter how bad it gets, there's always a move. There's always a way out. I always take that with me and find a way to make things work. Uh, that's really cool. I, I love that. It's so true. You don't think there's an answer. There's always creative solutions and things that you haven't really thought about. The next part of the show is what I'm terming white coat to business suit. I know you mentioned it a little bit, but it sounds like you finished up your, your MD and then transitioned directly into the entrepreneurial world. And I'd love for you to kind of take us through that mindset, you know, share that, that story with us. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I mentioned earlier, I was midway through through medicine, um, got very interested in broader health systems issues, was trying to see how I could use my, my new interest in kind of software technology, um, combine that with medicine. And, you know, that was kind of around the time where, you know, the, the whole kind of startup thing was becoming quite big. And there were more and more people starting their own technology companies. And so I started reading a lot about that and getting very interested in that. And a couple of my buddies from med school actually were quite similar uh, and they also, too, saw not just the problems in the healthcare system around, you know, communication and efficiency and the issues of economics, but, but also they also saw the potential for technology and software to help transform an industry that in many ways is one of the final industries that we're really waiting for, for technology to help truly uh, benefit. And so the three of us, you know, three medical school students, tried to start our healthcare software venture. And it was a pretty simple idea. It's the concept of getting a patient to fill out an electronic history prior to an encounter with a physician, um, so that way it would help streamline that, that process of the encounter and shorten the interview. But we didn't know what we were doing. You know, we did spend some time interviewing some physicians um, and understanding their workflow, but we didn't do that many. None of us knew how to uh, build a product um, or software because we were all medical people. So basically we were way in our head. We didn't really have a good process to understand how to, how to build a technology company, um, and it failed pretty quickly. But what I, I kind of learned from that was in order to build a great company, you need several types of people with different complementary skill sets. And I, I didn't have some of those skill sets, but I knew other people with this that would. And so, you know, when I got to my final year of med school, I still had that entrepreneurial itch. And I learned about this program called The Next 36, which is based on Toronto. And basically, it's an entrepreneurship program slash accelerator, which helps young Canadians from across the country uh, come together uh, to launch companies to solve, you know, large and interesting problems, and they provide seed capital and mentorship and other resources. Um, and through that program, I ended up uh, meeting my, my company co-founders, Phil. Uh, Phil's an uh, engineering uh, grad from, from U of T here and super smart guy, like competed in international math Olympiads, kind of smart. Um, and I also met Willie, who's a comp site grad from the West Coast, who also worked for a bit uh, in Silicon Valley on, on mobile health and venture capital. So, I finally found, felt that I found you know, two other individuals who had skill sets that I didn't have that could help us build a significant company in digital health. And so you know, a couple of years ago, we went and, and, and started this company. And, and basically, you know, when we looked at the market, uh, you know, we weren't the first to think about using technology uh, for patient engagement in healthcare. You know, this was around the time that you know, Obamacare had been out for a few years. 
you know, there the cha- there were changes in healthcare funding, shifting from fee for service to fee for value. But a lot of the focus in the technology space was on chronic disease management, and so you know, for heart failure, COPD, diabetes, and asthma. Um, you know, we are very interested in reinventing the wheel. Um, you know, we don't want to compete in a, an increasingly saturated market. What we found was that the surgical space was actually very underserved, even though there's 100 million surgeries, inpatient, outpatient, and now in the U.S. Uh, alone. And even though, you know, surgery also is full of problems across that pathway, whether it's cancellations or, or avoidable uh, readmissions. And so we saw an opportunity to actually be a pioneer and a leader in an underserved yet growing market in surgery. And so we went up and built this, uh, like you said, this patient engagement platform for guiding patients to surgery. Um, been doing that for about two years now. Um, uh, no regrets whatsoever. I am learning so much. I'm meeting so many amazing people. And I'm building all these new, new skills that I didn't learn in medicine that, you know, no matter what happens in the future, no matter what career I get into, I'm going to take those skills with me uh, and have a big impact. So I'm uh, pretty happy where, where we are now. What an incredible transition, and it's pretty bold move to, to kind of go from medical school out into the entrepreneurial world, and like you mentioned, there's a lot of new skills, and I actually did the same transition, so it's always a, always a pleasure to find somebody that kind of jumped off the boat early and, and is doing some really interesting stuff. So the next part that I'd like to talk about is what I'm terming idea to venture. I know you shared you know, how Seamless MD started, and I know you've started a few other pretty successful blogs. Can you tell us, you know, a story or take us to a time where, you know, you're experiencing failure or things weren't going the right way and you had to change or pivot? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, you know, when we started the Seamless MD, um, you know, we spent a lot of time kind of further investigating the overall kind of um, chronic disease space, actually, because, um, you know, that's what my background, my research was in uh, readmission and traditional care for patients with complex chronic disease. And so, I certainly, from my work, saw the need in that space for a solution that could help engage and monitor patients. Um, and I, I think this is a bit of a mixture of just chance and, and the area I was in. But you know, most of the most of the physicians dealing with complex chronic disease patients in, in my area locally um, that we did kind of discovery interviews with, um, you know, none of most of them felt that you know the patients were too complex. Uh, most of them didn't have a genuine interest in, in technology uh, as early adopters for giving that to their patients. Um, and so, you know, as it just turned out, um, there wasn't a big interest locally where I was for this kind of um, solution. I mean, they validated the problem, but they didn't believe that technology could be used to help better engage and care for those patients. And so, um, you know, we're kind of filling the spot where, okay, well, you know, um, I, I, you know, we thought it was a big problem, and obviously it's a big problem economically um, and, and in terms of the health welcome of the patients, but we weren't really seeing the, the initial interest. And so we had nothing yet to go and actually try to build something for and then I remember, um, you know, after kind of the, you know, the fifth or sixth kind of conversation like this with an, an internal medicine physician, he just kind of randomly mentioned, hey, you know, have you talked to any surgeons yet? Because, you know, I don't know, they just might like this kind of thing. They're always, into, you know, the, the latest toy. So I said, hey, you know, why not? Um, and so we just decided to meet some surgeons. And if you talk to, talk to more and more surgeons, um, we were actually quite surprised to find that the interest was actually picking up much more quickly. And a big part of that was learning from them that, hey, you know, yeah, we hear about all these new solutions for chronic disease management and remote monitoring for heart failure and COPD. But, you know, in the surgical space, you know, there are tons of patients uh, with issues across that pathway, whether it's, you know, readmission for patients with complex abdominal surgery, uh, whether it's, it's patients missing their, their surgical, uh, the surgery times on the day of, um, whether it's better collection of, you know, functional outcomes and surgical outcomes data, 
Um, there were lots of pain points in the surgery pathway, and no one was going to them with solutions to help them. Everyone was going to the chronic disease patients because, frankly, most of the, the changes in the healthcare funding were focused on complex chronic disease. And so we said, hey, you know, there's something here. And, and we went out and we validated that not just in Toronto, but we picked up the phone, we, we turned our, our emails on, and we would contact, you know, surgeons across the U.S. as well, and we kept hearing the same thing. And so, you know, for the first time, we thought, hey, there's something here where there's this population that's incredibly underserved with, with software and technology that they, too, believe could make a difference. And then we just kind of grabbed onto that. And, you know, we would, we would focus on surgery. And, you know, there were times where people would learn about the work they were doing. And they were saying, hey, you know, can you, can you do this for heart failure? Can you do this for asthma? And you know, we said, hey, you know, at some point, we, maybe we could. But we started to learn that it, it is so important to focus on doing one thing really, really well. So once we knew we started to get traction in surgery, we stuck with that. We remained focused on that. Um, we want to do that incredibly well and get the best outcomes we can for that group. Wow, you so much incredible information there. I'm just going to touch on a few things for the listeners. You know, one of the things that you said there was you started with an idea of what you were trying to solve, and while the chronic space was interesting, you know, you, you spoke to a lot of people. And I think a lot of what happens in the technology space and healthcare is people, you know, kind of build in this silo and don't get out of the four walls and, you know, really talk and, and figure out what the needs of the market are and go out and, and ask a lot of people. So I think that was really incredible. And then the other piece is the focus. I think, you know, to start a, a business or a venture, it takes lightning focus. So excited to hear that you're focused primarily right now in the surgical space and being the best at that. One of the, the other pieces, and I know I touch maybe on a few kind of success lessons, but what do you think your greatest success lesson has been or what is something that you've learned being an entrepreneur that you'd like to share? Yeah, I, I think I, I touched on it a bit just now with the idea of focus. The concept of focus, not just in, in picking surgery, but in applying focus to every aspect of our life as a company and every aspect of my life as an individual has been the biggest lesson that I've learned. So, you know, you know besides focusing exclusively on, you know, one or two use cases, the idea is a company that we're increasingly being focused in other ways. So when we plan out um, targets um, and metrics to measure for each quarter of the company, what I've found is that as each quarter has gone by, we've increasingly removed uh, metrics and decreased the number of metrics that we focus on because what we realize is that it is too hard to try and move the dial on more than one item. If you can focus on one or two or three things, you can actually make an impact on that. And so the same has kind of moved towards, you know, my own personal life. You know, when I'm setting goals for myself as a person and realizing that it's more important than I can, I can do one or two things really well and, and have an improvement on that personal goal than try to hit, you know, 10 different things for the year, um, that's where I'm seeing an impact on. So I, I think for sure being focused in every which way possible and, and moving the dial on one thing. Um, it's vastly more important than trying to say you could do 10 things mediocrely. That's so cool. So we're moving into kind of our last section, which I'm terming not our typical hospital rounds. These are business rounds, so I know they'll be fun. So one of the things that I, I wanted to see if you'd be willing to share is you talked a little bit about focus, but do you have a daily habit or kind of a success habit that you do daily that you focus on and, and something important to you? I, I can talk about what I'm trying to do because I, I think having I think having a very strong morning routine is is important. Um, it's something that I personally struggle with that I'm trying to get better at. So you know what I'm trying to make part of my morning routine now is you know waking up early at, at the same time every day, uh, which is you know as an entrepreneur when you set your own schedule it can be sometimes difficult as a first time entrepreneur. Uh, number two is getting a good workout in um, in the morning. So um, you know one of the neat things that we do at our company is when we set targets for the quarter, um, you know, we use something that Google uses, which is called um, 
objectives and key results or OKRs. And so not only do we set OKRs for the quarter for each company, or sorry, for the company, for each team in the company, and for individual OKRs that relate to the company goals, we also are big on self-improvement. So, you know, everyone will kind of tell us what their personal OKRs are. One of mine actually is getting to the, the gym on a regular. And so part of my morning routine right now is to not want to wake up early, but get to the gym, you know, get my energy going for the day, and, and then get to, get to work as early as I can. So that way um, my team knows I'm in the trenches with them every day as early as possible. So I think having a very strong morning habit sets the tone for the day. And from what I've read, you know, a lot of the great, you know, entrepreneurs and, and kind of leaders are the ones who are the earliest who have a, a standard morning routine that gets them on pace for the rest of the day. That's awesome. I think we're both working on the same thing. It's a daily struggle, right? Getting up in the morning. <laughs> so... I know you started Seamless MD, but if you were going to go back and give our listeners kind of an idea that you thought had some promise or was interesting or important in healthcare, what would you focus on right now? I'll tell you some of my thoughts at, at a broad level. I, I don't think there's one particular uh, idea that I'm very kind of bullish on, but we more about a broad concept. So, you know, one of the reasons why I decided to go into entrepreneurship was I felt very strongly that starting a company was one of the best vehicles to actually build and scale innovation in the healthcare system. When I kind of did my training inside the walls of large organizations, you know, one of the things that I noticed very often was there would be a lot of great innovations built inside a single silo it was hard to spread that beyond the walls because in many ways we're, we're well incentivized to keep our innovations inside our silo, but also because there's often no funding or, or vehicle available to help spread that beyond our silo to other places. So, you know, we're, we do a very good job of, of giving the best care possible to a local community, but there's not much incentive to spread innovation elsewhere. And I kind of said to myself, well, if I was going to build and scale innovation across the healthcare system, I would have the biggest impact possible and that my work didn't get siloed. And that's why I went out and found Buddy to start this company with. And so in the same manner, you know, what I love about kind of the, the customers, the partners we work with is that together we've identified that, hey, you know, a single organization in healthcare has also only so many resources. and There's only so much they can do around building better models of care, spreading it. But, you know, we try to be the vehicle that takes learning, that takes concepts, ideas, and innovation um, from different clinical settings through our platform. And then we can help share those learnings and give, you know, everyone that we work with the best experience and the best outcomes. I think in the same way, recognizing that we all have a role in the ecosystem, that technology companies, you can recruit the best engineers, the best designers, the best talent from a, a software point of view, and health organizations who have the best talent from a patient care point of view and a medical and expertise point of view, by working together, we can help drive the best experience and the best outcome. And I think recognizing that in order to, to advance patient care forward, that it really needs to be an ecosystem working together rather than continuous silos with fragmented talent. I think I'd like to see more and more work between companies like ours and much other organizations, which have different expertise, but together make a big difference. I still see in many cases, you know, silent innovation, reinventing of the wheel, making the same mistakes when it comes to new models of care and technology and healthcare. And I think we need to break those walls down and, and, and get that talent shared across the board and then drive those um, new experiences together. That's a really big vision, and, and it is exciting when, you know, you can kind of think about healthcare not, I know healthcare is generally thought very locally, kind of thinking about it in your term, an ecosystem where we really use the best and the brightest talent to build really great technologies that impact patient care. And if we all have that vision, I think it would be a really incredible opportunity to make impact. Kind of our last question, 
is do you use any digital tools or anything on a daily basis that resource-wise that you like to share? Good question. I don't know if I use too many things out of the order that most people use. I would say that the one thing that I've loved using the most recently with our team is there's this, you know, hot new technology company called Slack, which is making headwaves around, uh, you know, electronic collaboration between team members. So if you don't know about it, it's basically like a, it's kind of a, you know, team chat channels, file sharing, all, all in one, you know, software that goes across your, your desktop computer, your mobile device with a great experience. If you're, if you're a small group, whether you're, you know, a practice or a company or just a team, beyond that, though, I don't, I don't use any kind of particulars. I think that no one else uses. So I don't know how much I'm there, but there's definitely lots of good stuff that I'm probably not using. Perfect. No, that's, that's awesome. I think that sounds like a really great resource to build a good culture and keep communication close. So Dr. Joshua Liu, thank you so much for being on The Modern MD. It was an absolute pleasure having you on the show, and we really appreciate you sharing your journey. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Modern MD. Head to themodernmd.com to get links and recaps of every show and so much more. Dose up and like The Modern MD Facebook page.